Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Finally entered 2021. Christmas is behind us. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day is behind us. It's time to look at our New Year's resolutions and decide what shall I change? What am I going to do better in 2021? Darren Fletcher is with me, Vernon Kay. Darren, it's a brand new year. We've got a whole host of podcasts coming our way because we are in the playoffs. We are, my friend. Um, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all of the Fumbleites out there. Um, I must say, there's a lot that I can do better in 2021. If you read my timeline after a football match, commentating would be at the top of most people. (laughs) I could commentate better. So I'm going to try and do that. It's been a bit of a strange week, though, Vern, because yesterday I was inundated, and I mean inundated, on Instagram and Twitter with congratulatory messages on being appointed onto Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's coaching staff at Manchester United, which, of course, is the other Darren Fletcher. It's not me. Yet, I was literally getting bombarded with great to have your back, brilliant. And I'm looking, thinking, all you've got to do is look at the picture because I look absolutely nothing like it. It's clearly <laughs> not him. So that was yesterday, just, just inundated with all of this, all of these well-wishes about being back on the coaching staff at Man U. And funnily enough, He's on our, we've got a, a WhatsApp group where we play fantasy Premier League, again, head to head. So myself and JJ with the Friday Football Social have a team. And then Fletch is on there, Gabby Agbonlahor, Micah Richards, Chris Sutton, Danny Kerr. There's loads of people on there. It's great. And you play head to head every week. And the banter's pretty strong, as you can imagine. So yesterday, even on there, I was getting which one of the Fletchers has got the job and all this kind of thing. So he was even on there getting it yesterday, got it between us yesterday. So that was, that was quite fun. That was quite fun. But you okay? You all good? Yeah, we're, we're rocking. Absolutely rocking. Obviously, we're, we're, we've got the same sentiment as the nation going into another lockdown, uh, lockdown three, which is a bit of a pain in the backside. But I think we've got to get through it together. 
you know, I, I used an analogy on the Jeremy Vine show this week. I used a, a Bill Belichick analogy. I said, look, we've just got to do our jobs. Do your job and everything else will hopefully fall into place. As soon as we can get this vaccine out, everything should should hopefully get back to normality sooner rather than later. But l- l- let's forget all that COVID stuff. As a family, yeah. we're brilliant. We're, we're really positive. The kids have started remote schooling, which is good for them because last time they were remote schooled, their, their results went up. Phoebe by 13%, Amber by 9%. So they're benefiting from being in their own environment whilst they're learning so that they're comfortable. Uh, and apart from that, because we're going into lockdown, there's less pressure on a Sunday night, Darren. In the house, you know what I mean. Yeah. So me sat in front of the telly watching seven hours of uninterrupted live football or whatever it is. I'm glad he's gone for a while. I'm glad he's gone for a while. It was an absolute dream this weekend. A dream. The final week of the regular season. We've now got the playoff picture. Uh, in your own unique, inevitable style, Darren. Just give us a summary of, of what we're we're looking forward to in the wildcard weekend and then into the, the championships? Well, um, first things first, I got two fractions questions, right, for Luca this morning, so I'm quite chuffed about that. <laughs> so I've got a bit of a spring in my step because I've helped with a homeschooling and he got two right, so boom, I'm in there flying. This weekend, first time ever, we've got six games on wildcard weekend, so that in itself is going to be brilliant. From six o'clock on Saturday and then six o'clock on Sunday, you can see three games back-to-back. I think the pick of the games is going to be Baltimore against Tennessee. I think if that was the AFC Championship game, we wouldn't be complaining. The fact it's a wild card game gets us off to a great start. Just to bring the COVID thing back in again and to try and give everybody optimism for the future, if the Chicago Bears can make the playoffs with that coaching staff and that quarterback, then we can beat the virus too. So I'm kind of looking at the Bears being (laughs) as a real cause for everybody to be optimistic about what 2021 might bring. So... Really excited. And I'm also hoping, Vern, I don't want to say too much, but I'm also hoping that the next time we sit down to record the fumble, we can bring some big news that we know about, that we're really excited about, but we're not allowed to share just yet. But we will in the fullness of time. So we're kind of 0.1% away from being able to tell you. So once that happens, we can tell you. Yeah, so I'm not going to say any more because I'm starting to get excited. So I don't, I don't want to blurt it out and then end up getting me wrist slapped. So I'm not going to... Yeah, stop talking. Yeah. Before we get into wildcard weekend, let's talk about the Super Bowl itself because we had our predictions at the beginning of the season. We talked about who we thought would make the playoffs. And looking at the, looking at the list, we were pretty much spot on, I'll be honest with you. Mm. We were pretty spot on with some of our picks. All our teams that we chose are in the running. They're all there. Uh, I think I did mention someone like the Falcons or the, the, the Panthers at the beginning of the season, and they had terrible seasons. Uh, however, however, the Super Bowl as an event, it's one of the best, isn't it, Darren? It's got everything. It's got the razzmatazz, it's got the showbiz, it's got the Hollywood, it's got great competitive sporting teams. And, it's, and, and more recently, uh, compared to previous Super Bowls, they've now become really competitive. We're not getting blowouts anymore like we used to have between the AFC and the NFC. No, we're not. Um, I think I think I went for Baltimore against Tampa Bay. And I, I think going into the playoffs, I've got a fair chance of that happening. I mean, I think the Ravens at the minute, and I've, I've got the Ravens on, on today. I think the Ravens at the minute look to be peaking at the right time. And, and, and I still find it hard to, to look away from Tom Brady and that offensive cast on a 60-minute a game on essentially a neutral field with no crowd in. Um, 
in a in a potential NFC Championship game. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, I mean it, it is unlike anything else, and this year is going to be unlike any other Super Bowl because you're not going to get the Super Bowl week that's become tradition. You're not probably going to get Media Day that has become tradition, and you're not going to get you know all that razzmatazz around the stadium on game day because if fans are allowed in, and there's a possibility that they will be in Tampa because they've had limited numbers in for, for Buccaneers games, but we're not going to get the sellout and it's not going to be the day. So it is going to be a different type of Super Bowl than we've all become used to seeing since we've been watching it. So it's going to be a little bit different this year. I'm going to tell you a story. We were chatting off air before we started because um, we, we get to go to Super Bowls and we have some weird and wacky times while, while we're there. Um, Minnesota included that we keep referring to. <laughs> we, we would, we would, Arizona's on the on the, the calendar soon. I think it goes to SoFi Stadium in LA next year, and then the year after that, it's back in Arizona, which is where Malcolm Butler made the famous interception of Russell Wilson, and the Patriots won it in bizarre circumstances. But I was going to tell you about my journey there. So obviously, Arizona's quite a long way away, being on the west side of America. So it takes a while to get there. So in my infinite wisdom, I decided, because I was going to do the commentary for Five Live that night. In my infinite wisdom, I had to do the 12.30 lunchtime BT Sport game on the Saturday. So we'd had a look at the flights, and the last flight out of Heathrow into Boston was, I think, 7.45 p.m. that night. So that was the only flight I could get, because you've got to be there a couple of hours before, so by the time I'd driven from Hull down to Heathrow, the only flight I could physically make was this 745 thing into Boston. So I get down there, get to the airport. I'd had a, a smash and grab for a bit of food on the way down. Only when I got to Heathrow did I realise that I'd left my card in the machine. So I got now to the airport with no money. So I'm now going to Arizona, 745 for the Super Bowl, with no cash, I've got no cash, I've, 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 my card's gone. So that's from KFC still now, halfway down between Hull and Heathrow. So anyway, we get on the plane, and I think we were due to land into Boston about 10.30, 10.45. Right. So we land and it's absolutely caked in snow, Logan Airport in Boston. So we must have sat on the runway for a good two hours, couldn't get off, because they were clearing stuff and the planes everywhere. So I'm on the red eye in the morning to Arizona. I eventually get to the hotel maybe 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, having got the bags and done passport control and sat on the plane. Then the hotel they put me in was way away from the airport. So I'm on like the 6 o'clock the following morning to go to Arizona. But of course, I'm in New England. I'm in Boston. Patriots are in the Super Bowl. So I'm thinking, at least I know we're all going tomorrow morning. So I'll get about three hours sleep get on the plane or go to the airport to get on the plane. Delay. Everything's delayed because so many people are leaving Boston to go to Arizona to be at the Super Bowl. They've all got tickets and it's pandemonium. So anyway, we eventually take off and it's a hell of a flight from Boston to Arizona. You're talking five or six hours. But once I get in the air, I think, right, I can relax. Little do I know what's around the corner, my friend. So I'm starting to look at the watch because I'm thinking this is going to be tight anyway. So the pilot comes on. And he said, uh, in, only, in only way an American pilot can do it. It's, it's the jolliest thing he's ever told everybody, that plane full of people going to the Super Bowl, that we can't actually go to Arizona. So we're all sat there. 
everybody's bought tickets. I'm good. No. Fano tells us we can't go to we can't go to Arizona because there's a, there's a problem. So we're going to land in Roswell, New Mexico. So down we go, and we just sit on the tarmac in Roswell, New Mexico, which is kind of between Boston and Arizona. So he said, the problem we've got is the airport's full. He said, so there's nowhere to put the plane and nobody's leaving. So it starts kicking off on this plane because there's, there's people that bought tickets. All the Patriots fans are on this plane. We've all bought tickets to the Super Bowl. And we're sat on the runway in Roswell, New Mexico, where I'm thinking, this is where the UFOs are and all that. So I was quite interested about being there anyway. So we probably sat there for an hour or so. But it was starting now to get heated on the plane because people were thinking we're not going to get there. So anyway, the pilot then says, right, look, we're going to go. We'll go. So off we go. We, we take off. Set off bound for Arizona. Well, I'm looking at the watch now thinking, struggling. When we get there, same situation exists. There is nowhere to put the plane. So he lands on the runway and we just stay there. So we can't get off and we can't put the plane anywhere. So we just sit there for a good hour, good hour. Oh. Uh, anyway, we eventually get off this plane. I mean, I think people would have started ripping it apart because they, they bought a Super Bowl ticket. So I eventually kind of leg it through the airport and I got to the, I actually got to the stadium one hour before kickoff, which sounds a long time. But if you're doing a, a live radio broadcast for three and a half hours and you've essentially been traveling since 12.30 the previous day from the KC Stadium in Hull, <laughs> I did all the way to Arizona. It was mad. And I've never been involved in anything like that where it was so tight, so fractious. The, the relief when everybody got off. I mean, you, when they opened the, the doors at Harrods on, on Boxing Day morning and they all pile in, that was our plane emptying on that tarmac. But when you look round, it was the equivalent of a multi story car park for planes. There were just loads of like private jets strewn everywhere. They'd always just let everybody in and thought, we'll work this out. But of course, we've arrived on this big jumbo. There's nowhere to put that. So we were essentially on the end of the runway. In we went and we got there with like an hour to spare. <clears throat> did the game, had something to eat, went to sleep and got up and flew all the way back. Did the same thing in reverse again. I, I, my brain was addled, Vern. But we did it. But how we got there, I'll never know. So these are the kind of little things that happen when you, when, you, when you cover these events. It's not all plain sailing. Get there Wednesday, have a few cocktails, smoke a few cigars, go and mix <laughs> it doesn't always work that way, my friend. So there uh, you go. That, that's unbelievable. And it's stark contrast to how I watched and got to <laughs> that Super Bowl because I got there on the Wednesday before, I do believe, because we were doing the Channel 4 coverage, myself, uh, Nat and Gethin Jones. Yeah. I ended up watching that game with uh, Britney Spears, Queen Latifah, John Travolta, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg, and the late great recipient of The Catch from Joe Montana. Right, Dwight Clark. The Dwight Clark. Yeah. yeah, he was there. And uh, that was an amazing Super Bowl for me. And that the box that we were in was actually the NFL International box. And I got a, a wonderful invite from former head of NFL International, Mark Waller. And he invited me into his box because I think there were some dignitaries that he didn't want to spend the game with. So he kind of palmed them off in the good seat because I was fortunately in a good seat. And he invited me up to the box. So I went into the box 
and the box was literally on the 20-yard line. So where Malcolm Butler intercepted the football, we were bang in line pretty much with Tom Bra- with uh, uh, Russell Wilson when he threw it. So wow. it, it was an amazing experience. It yeah. really was phenomenal. Stark contrast to yours. Yeah, I didn't see you on that trip until Arizona April coming back. The That's next right. Time. And my misery was compounded. Where we, we, we chatted away, there was you and I, there was Gethin. I think Neil Reynolds might have been with us too. And we walked yeah. up to the, through the passport control and we walked down. And I was thinking, yeah. And then you turned left and I turned right. And that just confounded everything. <laughs> And then spend the next 10 hours with me knees up by me chin while you were down there in your silk jimmy jammers and all that with your mouth. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, 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 Darren. It's, it's now the way that you've been accustomed to since we met and we've been going to Super Bowl together. I don't leave a brother hanging. Do you know what I mean? We both turn left. <laughs> hey, there's a couple of things, you know, today that I want to talk to you about. And I think they're quite serious NFL points. Right. And... We'll get to the second one in a minute, but on our WhatsApp group on a Saturday, on, a, on a Sunday night, we, we, we play the fancy together, and there's a lot of the lads on there, and it's a good debate on there on a on a Sunday night. We're all yeah. firing opinions in right, left, and centre. And tanking's been brought up, hasn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Mike Holt is is big on the idea that that teams would tank, and I don't think it's possible. I don't think you can say to 53 players, "You can't win today," because their jobs are on the line, so they're going to get bombed for the sake of a franchise getting a better quarterback and their replacements the following year. So I don't buy the tanking aspect in terms of losing games on purpose. But then I saw Sunday night. And you can tank in a different way. I watched the Philadelphia Eagles in a situation where they could get the New York Giants into the playoffs if they beat the Washington Redskins. And they were right in a position to win that game. They've got an exciting quarterback in Jalen Hurts and an offense that can put points on the board. Inexplicably, late in that game, the competitive balance of the entire NFL season was removed when Doug Peterson took his quarterback out, put a kid in who'd never thrown a pass in the NFL, I don't think, who clearly is not an NFL quarterback by any stretch of the imagination either. And they lost the game. And his players revolted against his decision. Zach Ertz has been the most vocal about all this. Eli Manning was on Twitter saying, this is why we don't like the Eagles. Fletcher Cox responded by saying, and yes, we don't like you. And I just thought that after 255 regular season games, that was 256. How disappointed I was that the NFL season finished that way, that a franchise like the Philadelphia Eagles, recent Super Bowl winners, would do that and completely change the competitive nature of Week 17. I was disgusted. What did you think? I'm exactly with you, Darren. You know, there's a reason why you and I love this game, and one of them is the fact that the players don't stop, the coaches doesn't stop, the game doesn't stop until the very, very last second. And that's the beauty of the NFL. That's the beauty of the way the game is played. And when I saw that he pulled Jalen Hurts, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You did what? Why would you do that? Why would you pull your starting quarterback? And why would you put your reputation on the line, considering that, you know, his legacy in Philadelphia is a good one. You know, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, the team of the last two decades, without doubt. 
And for him to do that, in my opinion, has tarnished everything. It really has. And I think a, a big thing came up in our WhatsApp group about your rep your personal individual reputation as well. It's going to be difficult for those players on the Philadelphia Eagles to take any decision now by Doug Peterson seriously without questioning it. You know, without questioning his sporting integrity, because that's what we're questioning here. Why would you do that? Why would you, why would you give up? Uh, you know, and no disrespect to the young kid that stood in for Jalen Hurts, but that blew the game. That gave the game away. And it took out the competitive edge of the NFL. And I think he should be ashamed of himself. And I think in reflection, with the flack that he's got, he realises he did make a big, big, big mistake. And if he was to protect Jalen Hurts, then in my opinion, that's a lot of bull plop. Because you've got the whole off-season. You're not making the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. got the whole off-season to get your team ready. And probably with COVID, this, the off-season is going to be longer than usual. Yeah. But it also, he's still a quarterback, isn't he? Jalen Hurts. That needs yeah. to on the field. And he's not... Darren, he's, he's not exactly a veteran. No. This is the first time he stepped under centre. It's the yeah. first time that he's experienced any of these situations. So they, they say that experience is an essential as an athlete, as a professional athlete, in whatever sport it is. Experience, experience, experience. I watched an interview this morning with AJ, Anthony Joshua, uh, talking about his fight with Tyson Fury. And he's still saying, I'm learning every day. So why would you pull a young quarterback that's got a lot of expectation on his shoulders, the franchise is now on his shoulders because it looks like Carton Wentz is going to go uh, and be traded because he said it publicly, he doesn't want to stick around. Why would you do that? Well, I did. Why would you do that? The thing is as well, you've got a young quarterback there who looks like he's going to be their quarterback next season. It's too early to say he's their quarterback of the future, but he's certainly going to be the starter on opening day bar injury next year. Yeah, he's got the chance to take his team down the field on, on a primetime television game and win against a pretty good defence. And yeah. he would have learned a lot by doing that. So yeah. the excuse of I needed to give Nate Sudfeld or whatever his name was, the, the reps, rubbish. Because he also needs to give his starter reps. They still can't be absolutely sure at this stage. In a, in a game that was being played at 100% by both teams, both teams were competitive. Yes. That's, you know, it's not like, oh, you know what? We haven't got a chance to change the playoff picture. This is just a game for us, really. Get the starters on X, Y, Z. No, everyone that was playing had a purpose during that game. Yes, and I look at it as well. There was a game on Sunday that was Detroit against Minnesota that meant nothing. They played the balls off! Absolutely, because that's the competitive integrity of the NFL. It's the competitive integrity of any league. And it goes back to what we've seen in... Um, you go back in the, in the Premier League, Mick McCarthy made 10 changes when he was the Wolves manager. The Premier League clamped down on that because it affects the competitive balance. And this was more serious because this was a win and you're in, lose and you're out scenario for the Washington football team and for the New York Giants, who'd absolutely given everything earlier that day to, to make sure that they were in a position to be in the playoffs if Washington didn't win. And to have it happen like that has left a hugely bad taste for me. And I, I don't know whether, it, whether he'll, he'll ultimately lose his job over it, but I certainly think what he has done is if he's the head coach on opening day next year, he's made that leash a hell of a lot smaller than it would have been because 
whatever he does on the field now in terms of wins and losses, he's always got to deal with the spectre of this hanging over him as well, that he essentially blew a game for whatever bizarre reason as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I wonder whether it will affect the way people look at him when he goes for another coaching job in the future when he's not the Philadelphia head coach anymore because owners want to win and players want to play for a coach who they think can help them win. There's no way that a player wants to go and knock heads for 60 minutes. And 55 minutes in, the coach turns around and says, well, we're not that bothered anymore now. We're just going to put a guy in who's not got a chance. If you've done that, because every play, you are risking your career in that sport because the collisions are so hard, the strains on the body are so high. It's, 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 a, it's a two and a half year average career time span. So every play could be your last. So you're out there doing everything you possibly can to make sure that your division ends in the proper way. And then your coach takes a decision that gives you no chance to win. I thought it stunk. I thought it was bad. I don't think we've heard the last of it. I hope we haven't. Um, and it was ridiculous. Now, the other thing on the back of this too, is kind of segs in quite nicely. So on the back of that, the Washington football team are in the playoffs, which is great for Ron Rivera, particularly when you think about what he's been through personally this season. Washington are one of the, you know, the banner franchises in the NFL, previous Super Bowl champion, big franchise over here in the UK, a lot of, Red, a lot of Redskins fans as they were, football team fans as they are now. Um, so they qualify, but they qualify with a losing record, seven and nine, yet they're in. And then further down the NFC, you see Arizona, eight and eight. They're on the outside looking in. And then you look at the AFC and you see the Miami Dolphins, 10 and six. They're going to be sat at home watching the playoffs this year because they didn't get in. The Las Vegas Raiders, eight and eight. They're at home too. Yet Washington was seven and nine because they're the division winner are in the playoffs. And there's been a lot of talk this week. Should it be based on winning your division or should it be the six or seven, depending on how many we're going to have this year or next, the six or seven best records within the conference? How do you set the playoffs up? Are you a traditionalist and you like it the way it is? Or is it, Vernon, time for a change? It's a good question. And I'll be honest with you, it's one I haven't had that much time to think about, but as we, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on the fence because I haven't thought about it. But what I will say is that you and I, we both know because we've been fans of the NFL for a long time. I mentioned it before. We both know that the NFL is always open to change. It's always open to fresh ideas. It's always open to evolving the game and making it better, both for those that compete in it and the fans that watch it. So if it does become an issue on a regular basis, because it has happened in the past, but I think because Washington's division stank as a whole, all the teams in that, the Cowboys were dreadful. Philadelphia, we've just spoken about them. They were dreadful. New York Giants just seem to keep constantly pulling the rug from under their feet. If it keeps happening, the commissioner will say, right, is it time for a change? What do we need to do? Or... How can we make these teams more competitive? Because all of them stank. They really did. So it doesn't matter which one won the division. One of them, as it stands, would have gone. Like we just talked about the New York Giants or uh, the Cowboys. They were all in the running and the Eagles even up mm. to the last minute to be in the playoffs. And they're absolutely garbage. The worst teams in the NFL. They are, right? Yeah. So 
it wouldn't be fair on those guys to compete when the division and not get in because then you're saying, okay, well, what's the point of divisions of splitting them up apart from logistics? Why don't we just have two Premier Leagues, let's say, running side by side, ASC and NSC? Do you know what I mean? Hmm. The, the top eight from each go through to the playoffs. Like the top, the, what is it? Uh, the top four get to play in the Champions League. Uh, five, six and seven play in the Europa League. Is that right? Five, six, seven and eight yeah. play in the Europa League. So you've got a purpose to compete. Now, would it change the dynamic of the game? I don't think so. Would it can change the competitiveness of the game if that was the state of the game? I don't think so. Would, there, would the divisions be pointless? Yes, they would. So then why don't you split the league, AFC, NFC, straight down the middle of the United States for logistic reasons? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have, have AFC or have NFL East, NFL West. Because that's the main problem, isn't it? That's why the divisions are as they are, is for logistics. I mean, I know some teams are way out West or East than others in their division, but generally, logistically, they're all relatively clamped together. Yeah, I, I'm, I can be quite contrarian with things like this on occasions, but in this one, I, I think the status quo has to remain. And if you win your division, you should be in the playoffs. And if you're Arizona on the outside looking in, then you should have finished nine and seven and not eight and eight because then you would have been in instead of the Chicago Bears. So you missed out by a game. I like the fact... Dan, you look at the ramifications of a team like Miami. Yeah. They've struggled for, for many years now and they've got a winning record and it's a damn good winning record on a damn good defence, in my opinion. Uh, they couldn't get over the line against the Bills. They were blown out by the Bills. That was a win and you're in game. Yeah. So well, I, I think in, in AFC terms... You know, you've got Buffalo. But but I, sorry to interrupt, Dan, but because we're on one now. I don't think you can split it. When you talk about the changes, I don't think you can split it into conferences, AFC and NFC. You've got to talk about the NFL as a whole, surely. Yeah, well, I, I, I see. I, I like it as it is. And, and the point I was going to make was, in Miami's case, you know, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, Indianapolis and Kansas City all have a better record than them anyway. So yeah. they are next in line. So they missed out legitimately. Problem is in the NFC where you have teams with a better record sat at home than the Washington football team who are in. But I think the magic of the way the NFL set up is that the rivalries that exist within those divisions, and yeah. if you, it, you wouldn't be able to do that. You know, home and away between Washington and Dallas, regardless of how good the team is, is always a very competitive must-watch game because of the rivalry between the two of them you know whether the Bears and Packers are good or not you want to watch the Bears play the Packers twice yeah. a season. I think where yeah. the schedule has got it wrong this week in the NFL was that they should have played Washington at the same time that Philadelphia Washington Philadelphia at the same time the Giants played Dallas and yeah. they should have just put the Packers and the Bears which is so intense the rivalry that regardless of what's on the line you're going to play to a finish because you wouldn't be allowed by your fan base to do anything else. So yeah. you have to do that. So I think they got that wrong. But I don't think you can change it. I think this is an anomaly. I think most years the division winner would have a better record than a potential wildcard team. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a fair point for you to bring up, Darren, because like you said, there are better teams, better coaches, yeah. better, better franchises oh. sitting at home watching the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they are. There are. And, and one thing that, that fascinates me about sport... And, and, and you'll understand this because 
you talk about it all the time with Steve McManaman when you're commentating on the Premier League. We talk about the history of the sport. So the NFL, all these rivalries were created in the past. Mm. You know, and, and one thing that annoys me with the Premier League is we always say things like, oh, Newcastle United, they're historically a big club. Yeah, yeah historically, yeah, they were. But we're talking about today's Premier League. Like, historically, Bolton have had more wins than the majority of the Premier League teams. Yeah. As, historically. Historically. But historic history doesn't matter because oh. at the moment, we're absolute dog shit. We've not yeah. got a pot to piss in and we're struggling. You know what I mean? Here and now is what matters. Yeah, here and now. So if we want to be one step ahead of the game and... Uh, and we do take these opinions on board, then what's to say change isn't around the corner? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's always that history thing that really gets me. It's like, yeah, I get it, but that's not really an argument because we're living for the day today. And the yeah. future, the past is the past. It's written down. We can't change that. And I think, you, I think you're spot on when you say the NFL is a league that is happy to make changes. But I, I get the impression that the NFL like to make tweaks yeah. Rather than yeah, it's a big, blow it's, it all up and yeah. start again. Oh, it's a it's a massive, massive, massive change if they were to change the playoff picture or the conferencing or the division uh, setup as a whole. Yeah. You know, that, that's massive. That 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 changes everything that the NFL is. Yeah, I know. I, 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 it's just something that's been really talked about this week. The, the the final one, and I put this in our WhatsApp group as well the other day. If you're the Miami Dolphins. And you've got two first-round picks, and one of them is Houston's at number three. Are you? I mean, Chris Greer has said this week that Tua Tungavailoa will be the quarterback of the Dolphins at the start of next year. But you must be tempted at number three when you think of the quarterbacks coming out this year. Now, Trevor Lawrence is going to go and play for Jacksonville. That's a foregone conclusion. First pick, he's going number one to them. Nobody's going to get the pick. But then you see the way Josh Fields played at Ohio State this year. You think about Zach Wilson at Brigham Young, who they're talking about being a, a real superstar if it all falls into place. Kyle Trask was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy from Florida. Mac Jones at Alabama. There's a lot of quarterback coming out is what I'm saying. Do you think, bearing in mind, they were still fannying about between Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick up to last week, They've not actually decided this season that two is the number one. If you're sat there at number three with a chance to take a player that might be a better NFL quarterback than, than Tua, and you've got a pick later in the first round anyway, so it's not your only first round pick, and you've got multiple picks during the draft, surely the Miami Dolphins owe it to themselves to seriously explore whether they can upgrade that position. He's a left-hander, Rare in the NFL. He's had a hip problem. Often comes back to bite you. So there are reasons why, outside of his play in general, you may look at it. There was a statistic this week. Of all his passes this season, his longest throw completion was 35 yards. Well, I'm not saying he's not got the arm for the NFL. I don't know. But what I'm saying is he's only thrown a 35-yarder this year. So you need to be able to stretch the field. Now, whether that was yards after the catch, it gets turned into a bigger play. But his aerial throw, 35-yard completion, was, was the biggest he did. These are numbers I found this week. But has to be a consideration, surely, when 
as a Miami team, your defense is good, apart from against Buffalo. You've got a lot of pieces in place. Yet there still is a question. If, if you're still deciding between Ryan Fitzpatrick and somebody else, that tells me from the outside, you have a quarterback issue. Yeah. You, you wouldn't walk into Green Bay and Matt LaFleur say, listen, we're not sure whether it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick or Aaron Rodgers this week because they know Rodgers is the quarterback. If you're the New York Giants, you're not flip-flopping Daniel Jones and Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and there's still question marks about him, by the way. Yeah, but yeah, you're, you're using Fitzpatrick essentially as a closer, as they do in baseball. It's mad, so they can't be convinced about Tua. You've made me, you've made me laugh out loud because of two things. Uh, Ryan Tannehill left Miami, right? And look at the success that he's having with the Titans yeah. for the past couple of seasons. Stop, 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 stop. Right, okay, okay, right. If I can wave a magic wand and I can say to Brian Flores, right, listen, we're going to give you a mulligan. You can have Tannehill back or you can keep Tua. What's he doing? He's getting, he's getting Tannehill back. Too right. And he's going to draft uh, a high-ranking wide receiver. Boom! Because that's all Ryan Tannehill needed. Boom! And a running game, of course. Right. So, so when you see Chris Gray say, no, two will be the starter next year, I'm not sure he will. No. I'm not You're sure right. that's convinced. You're right. But on the flip side of the coin, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers there. Now, let's go back to the beginning of the season yeah. when they drafted a quarterback. Yeah. Everyone was questioning the fact, oh, oh, oh hang on a minute. Oh, uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, is it, is it time? Is it, is it, is it, is now the season where we say goodbye to Aaron Rodgers? Right. Uh, no, actually, Aaron Rodgers is now in the running for MVP. And let me just add this to it. Jordan Love, the player they drafted, hasn't been active for any regular season game this year. They just shoved him out of the way and said, you go and stand over there, watch this fella. When we're ready, we'll give you a shout. In the meantime, you go and enjoy Green Bay. There's a five guys down the road. There's not too many clubs, but there's the odd bit you can do. When we need you, we'll let you know. But in the meantime, the main man's still in town. So it's now it looks sensible, Vern, doesn't it? That they've yeah. done it, but it looks sensible now. Because yeah. now you're thinking, well, they've got through this year as the number one seed in the NFC. They might win a Super Bowl this year, but they drafted the quarterback of the future in the first round with potential, and he sat there ready, just like they did with Rodgers when Favre was there. And maybe in three years' time, they'll go, all right, let's, this fella's ready now because he's, he's not going to be rushed. I think it, it's, it's, it's the way to do it. It's forward planning. Yeah, but you can only have that forward planning if you've got one under centre that's good. Yes. And we all know how difficult it is to find that gem in a crock of shite, you know, because... It, As Chicago Bears fans, we know it very well, my friend. Well, yeah, you know, look, and, and, and look at the, the big decisions that the general manager has to make. I think my whole love of the NFL, I've always kind of... I've never really thought of the importance of a good general manager. It doesn't really come on your radar because we like the big hits, we like the beautiful touchdowns. We love the game, the razzmatazz. But you never really sit and think about the big people in charge. And the general managers have got some very, very difficult decisions to make. For example, that decision to take Mitchell Trubisky over the other quarterbacks that were available in the draft. Some amazing quarterbacks who've done some amazing things. Yeah. 
it was only Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were tossed to one side for Mitchell Trubisky because wow. the Chicago Bears wanted to draft up, as they say, to take Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes, who's awesome, and Deshaun Watson, who's even more awesome, in my opinion. I think he's phenomenal. But he's not got the white. Anyway, that's another argument, another argument. Okay, so going back to that, look at the, what John Elway has done at Denver this week. Denver have come out with a statement and said that John's going to take a higher role in the organisation. No, 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 no. John Elway has drafted more quarterbacks than I've had shit since I came out of the I'm a Celebrity Castle. Bad ones. And he's got it wrong. Yes. And he's one of the greats of the game. So it just goes to show you the importance of a good general manager that's got the confidence to make decisions to keep the owner happy, but yet provide their head coach with the weapons he needs to build... And I mean, build over a period of time a good team. That's why people say Jerry Jones is completely out of his depths as a general manager. Yeah. He tried to build an awesome offense. Remember, how many years in a row did he draft highly an offensive lineman? They have or had one of the best offensive lines in the league, not won anything. See, there's a really interesting situation going to develop this offseason. Let me just get the NFL draft order up for this year because there's, there's something that could pop out. Which, which at the outset you think, no, but when you actually drill down at it, you think, well, that, that makes sense. So the 2021 draft order, you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys there and Jerry Jones. Now they pick at number 10. Now they could potentially be a franchise quarterback at number 10. And yeah. if they did want to move up a little bit, then they've got that scope potentially because they're not going to move too far. So, you, you, you know, you you still might be giving up the 10th pick. So you're still getting a decent pick. You're not going to give up a loan. So Dak Prescott now needs to be paid off the back of the injury. The rookie contract is over. Utopia for a team that wants to win is a franchise quarterback on a rookie contract so you can pay everybody else because of the salary cap. Once you need to start paying the quarterback, those sums of money are so high, it takes up such a percentage of your cap that it means you've got to cut corners elsewhere. So what if Dallas, this draft, if Jerry Jones is smart and Zach Wilson is there or somebody's there that he can get, would he be better off, better the devil you know, paying Dak, hoping he's over the injury and letting him build on the, the really promising start he's made as an NFL quarterback? Or do you let Dak walk because the contract's over now do you draft a quarterback and stick him on a rookie deal, which gives you more cap space for everybody else and sort out that quarterback position for the next four years financially, but also maybe for the next decade, if you get the right one, then Dak Prescott becomes the most sought after free agent for Lord knows how long entering his peak years as an NFL quarterback, but needing his first contract. That could be a big off season storyline. If, a quarterback fell to Dallas at that stage in the draft. And, 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 and Dallas, um, you know, they, they, they love a surprise. Yeah. You know, they, 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 were, they were fortunate the last draft that they got C.D. Lamb, uh, that he was still available on the board. And also, um, oh, is it Diggs, the defensive back? Yeah. Who was really good. Who had a decent yeah. season this year, you know. Yeah. And, and Jerry is... There's always surprises in a, in a Dallas Cowboys draft because I, th I, I personally think that they need a decent inside linebacker. 
There's more holes than a sieve. They do, but they also need a quarterback and they need cap room. Everybody does. So that's well, you yeah, token. Yeah, but, and as we've, but as we've seen, Darren, you know, Jerry Jones, for all his faults, he's a very loyal person, it seems. You know, the, the well, way that... He challenged that by saying if he was that loyal, he would have paid him last off-season. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But I, I think he likes his franchise to be that family environment. I don't think he likes a lot of players coming and going, even though that's the way the NFL is built. I, I think he likes his stalwarts. He likes his regulars. The fact that he had a, a pretty shocking head coach in Jason Garrett at the helm for such a long time because Jason played the game. We all know that's what the deal was. Jason played the game. So is he going to keep Dak? I think he will. I honestly think he will. And I think he'll go out in the draft and try and make the offence better. And he'll try and build a better defence because they've got to. They really have got to. Shocking defensive player this year from the Dallas Cowboys. I think we'll get some surprises this year. And I think there will be quarterbacks that appear on the market for quarterback needy teams that they didn't expect to be there. Let's say, for argument's sake, Atlanta decide to draft one of these big hitters and they can get one. There is the potential then for someone like Matt Ryan to be available. There's the chance that Carson Wentz is traded by Philadelphia. There is a percentage chance that what I've just suggested may happen in Dallas. And Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott winds up on the market. There's a situation where Sam Darnold may well be available from the New York Jets because they could take a quarterback at number two. If they take Josh Fields, they're going to trade Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold only came into the league with Josh Allen. You're talking three or four years ago. So you're talking about a kid in the right environment who could be a very good NFL starter. He certainly showed he's got the fighting ability because he tries to win every week with the Jets, even though he's throwing to, to, to inferior players. There could be a situation here where teams like Chicago, further down the draft, who desperately need quarterbacks, can find a way to get one. That, that ordinarily, there seems to be more movement for quarterbacks now than ever before. That, that teams seem to be happy to, to draft and move people on. Whereas in the past, it was really hard to get hold of one. So I think it's fascinating. I mean, the, the interesting thing to watch for me is, is if you're, a, I don't want to get off a beaten track, but if you're a Colts fan, you know, Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. The year they won the Super Bowl and, and Wentz was injured, but progressing brilliantly. If you're Frank Wright, surely you want to take Carson Wentz over Philip Rivers. So you, you want to make that deal if you possibly can. And Chris Ballard is a very good GM and, and may well be able to do that. That all of a sudden would give Philip Rivers to a team for another year because he's played well enough this year to suggest he can be a starter next year. Definitely. Cam Newton's going to be back on the market and might well work for someone. There's a real possibility that, that San Francisco move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So all of a sudden, Jimmy G, who was a, a guy that took a team to a Super Bowl this time last year, and, and by the way, might well have been the MVP of the game had they won it. Jimmy G might now be available this offseason because they can get out for a very small cap hit. And Kyle Shanahan might think it's time to go and get the quarterback of the future. So there's a hell of a lot of quarterback moves that will be made, I think, this offseason, which will put a lot of players potentially onto the open market. So I, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think a lot of teams will look very different by the start of next season compared to where they are now. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We say it every year, and, and keep this in mind when you're doing your previews and you're having your little bet with your mates or you're, you're sticking a tenner on for the division winners or the playoff teams. Remember this, every year there is a significant turnover in teams that were playoff teams last season who won't be playoff teams next season. That, that's just how it works. This year, Vern, seven teams made the playoffs this year who didn't make it last year. Uh, those teams were Washington, wow. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Chicago, Cleveland, the Colts, and the Rams. So seven teams who weren't in the playoffs last season are in the playoffs this season. Seven teams. So... When we say it's a, a league of parity and that lots changes, it does. Teams that look, I mean, you think about it, last year, who was everybody's NFC pick this year? Ah, oh, the 49ers are too talented to not get back to the Super Bowl. Didn't make the playoffs. You know, you, you, you talk about good clubs from one year to the next change drastically. You know, not just a little bit, drastically. So... That's where we were this year. Um, well done to Derek Henry, eighth player in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards. He ended up with 2,027. Uh, well done to Tom Brady, 40 touchdown passes for the second time in his career. And he does the second one at the age of 43, which is absolutely outrageous. Uh, congratulations to Darren Waller. We don't often talk about the Raiders or tight ends on this podcast. 107 catches this year, which breaks Tim Brown's season record with the Raiders. So well done to Darren Waller. Keep wow. up, yeah, in fancy drafts. Um, the most significant number, Vern, 256, which was the number of regular season games that needed to be played to complete the season. And the NFL got there at 13 left. And we hope we get all the way through to Tampa without COVID taking too much of a hold. And this one as well, this week, I think it was last night, Devontae Smith of Alabama, Heisman Trophy winner, He's a wide receiver, and he's the first wide receiver since Desmond Howard in 1991 to win the Heisman. It's always been quarterback, wow. sometimes running backs. First wide receiver for 29 years to win the Heisman Trophy. God, blimey. I remember when Desmond Howard won that. Yeah. And then Big became God. a kick returner in the NFL, really, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be good this weekend. I think we'll have a couple of surprises. I, I think the Browns will beat the Steelers again. Two okay, we, we never do this. We let's do our picks then. Let's do playoff picks. Right. We never do. It. We don't do picks. We let other people do it. But let's do it now. Right. Okay. So okay. Colts Bills. Right. Bills. Yeah, I'm going to go Bills, and I'm going to say Josh Allen has been for me quarterback of the season. I think he's been absolutely outstanding. You mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. That combination of head coach, young head coach. 
Young quarterback, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go Bills, but I'm going to go in a game that's a lot tighter than people think. I don't think this is a very good matchup for Buffalo. I think Indianapolis do a lot of things that Buffalo don't like. So I think it'll be a close. Got a good defense, the Colts. Yeah, be a closer game. Um, Rams Seahawks. Yeah, this is this is a weird one because for me, I had the Seahawks very early on in the season as Super Bowl winners, mm. but I think they've just dropped off. I had DK Metcalf in my fantasy team back end or, or, or back half of the season. He just disappeared, completely disappeared. Tyler Lockett seems to have taken the men wide receiver one role but he's not been productive. Something's going on somewhere with Russell Wilson at quarterback. I don't know what it is. So I'm going to go, uh, I know it's controversial, but I'm going to take the Rams. Right. Best defense in the league this year, statistically speaking. I'm going to yeah. go to the Hawks. Um, Jared Goff's throwing the ball, whether he plays with a, a broken thumb or a mended thumb. I don't know if it's the other fella, not a chance. So I'm going to go Seahawks because I'm going to take what I know rather than yeah. what I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I'll, I'll just put a little NB on mine, not to Benny, that yeah. if Gary Goff isn't under centre, I'll go Seahawks. Right. <laughs> Ravens-Titans, this is the game of the weekend. Oh, this is a beauty. This is an absolute beauty. Uh, Derek Henry, 2,000-plus yards on the season. I mean, iconic. We talked about Ryan Tannehill earlier on. I think he's playing the best football he's ever played in his career. The Ravens always come good. They're a franchise that have had deep, deep playoff runs in the past uh, under the same head coach. That's really important. So they've got a wealth of experience at the team. I, I, I'm going to take the Ravens because I think Lamar Jackson will give them an edge which will upset the Titans' defence, which I think is key to this game. Ravens peaking at just the right time. Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball well again. They went into the playoffs last season without Mark Andrews and then lost Mark Ingram and ended up losing themselves. They're healthier this year. The defence is playing slightly better. Hollywood Brown's catching the ball again. Lamar Jackson's running riot. Ravens win. And I think the Ravens win and go through the AFC all the way to Tampa. Bears, Saints, NFC wildcard on Sunday. We both want to say Bears, but we're both thinking Saints. I'm going Bears. This is, this is the shock of the week. Somehow, Khalil Mack's going to remember that he used to be Khalil Mack this week. And Robert Quinn's going to remember that he should be Robert Quinn. And they're going to get some pass rush on Drew Brees. It was quite a tight game when they played in the regular season. The Bears are better now. And I think the Bears will beat Saints this week. So I'm going Bears over Saints. Buccaneers, Washington. Oh, I'm going to go with Brady. I yeah. think Tom's going, to, Tom's going to get to at least the semi-finals with this team. Uh, he, he, he said it on his Instagram. Now is when the season starts, yeah. and he said it with a smile on his face. If Mike Evans is fit, then I think they've got a lot to prove to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Buccaneers easy for me. Not even a thought. Just, just easy. No. Just easy. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. So the last one, Brown Steelers. You think? I think the Browns are going to do it. Yeah. I think the Browns are going to do it back to back. I think they're yeah. they're, they're going to beat the Steelers. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Pittsburgh. I think they, they nearly lost to Pittsburgh reserves last week. So the Pittsburgh first team are going to take them to the cleaners. Easy for the Steelers. Baker Mayfield's not up to it in the playoffs. They're gone. So I'm going to go Steelers. But I'm just going to find this and tell you this with regard to this 
game. Cleveland's first playoff appearance since 2002. And in their last playoff game, they lost 36-33 to Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. <laughs> so I think history repeats itself. I'm not sure it'll be quite that high scoring, but I'm going Steelers over Brown. All right. So there you go. Those are our predictions. We very rarely do weekly predictions, but because it's a wild card weekend, we thought we'd, uh, we'd see what we thought. We've got some, some of the same, a couple of different ones. Yeah. Really interesting. Looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, the playoffs, which are awesome. Love, yeah. love wild card weekend. Six o'clock, half nine, and then the, the late one on both nights, which is going to be brilliant. Yeah. And we've got the potential to have some of those iconic snow games that we've become to know and love in the NFL, especially wildcard weekend. I mean, it could be snowy in Pittsburgh, uh, Ravens at the Titans. I don't know what the weather's like there. Washington uh, hosting the Buccaneers to go from sunshine to snowshine. So that could be a good one. Seahawks, it could be snowing. And the Bills, it's probably definitely snowy. I need it to snow in the Superdome if the Bears are going to beat the Saints as well. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for bizarre yeah, conditions not inside, right, inside the dome. There might be a power cut. There might be a power cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was the last time I was there. Yeah, I think you pulled the player. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Darren, a pleasure as always, my friend. Really enjoyed it, as always. What games have you got this weekend? Well, I've only got one game. It's the FA Cup this week. So I'm doing Man United against Watford on Saturday evening. So by the time I get back in the car, I'll have missed the first game. Right. But I'll be getting back in the car just in time. Just in time for the Rams and the Seahawks. Yeah, that'd be a good game, that. Yeah. So I'll be getting back in the car for that. And I'll watch that on the way back if I can. Nice. All right, pal. Well, look to the family. And you. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive in the WhatsApp group uh, come Wildcard Weekend and I'll speak to you next week when we, when we compare notes. <laughs> yeah, when the Bears have beaten the same. There you go. All right, this has been a Shooting Shark production, as always, from Darren Fletcher and myself, Vernon Kay. We bid you farewell. Have a great Wildcard wild card Weekend. Stay in, stay safe, wear a mask, two metres, all that palaver. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.